to the Equestrian Abbey podcast episode two and what an amazing episode today's episode is. I cannot wait to hear what you guys thought of this episode so make sure to screenshot and share and also tag me at equestrian underscore abbey on Instagram so without further ado let's get on with today's podcast. podcast we are joined by Rose Carnegie also known as Carnegie Osteopathy thank you so much for joining me today that's okay I'm very excited to be here so can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh so yeah so I'm Rose Carnegie I live in Kent and yeah I kind of head up Carnegie Osteopathy which is more the XY side I suppose in my business focus more on sort of horses and riders, but I also have a human clinic where I treat non, but some horse people, but mainly sort of non-horsey people, and it's just people come to me. Whereas kind of osteopathy, usually I go to people and to their yards, and I'm sort of driving around the countryside. So how did you actually get into osteopathy? Because I hadn't, I had no idea what it was until today. Okay, so I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I left school at 16, um, wanting to be as a professional event rider and great aspirations and dreams with that. And then the reality, I was sort of like, I don't think I'm quite good enough. And am I going to earn enough money to be able to support myself? So I actually did something completely different. I did a business course, which... I decided, no, this isn't for me. Um, and I'd always been really sporty, and I kind of had physio at the back of my mind. Um, but I kind of didn't know which way to go and how to get into it. But actually, I had a friend who I rode a horse for, and she was an osteopath. Um, and she said, oh, why don't you just come and see, see me work, see what you think? And I did. And I kind of thought, well, you're earning some money, and you can ride your horses, and... And I kind of got in, I just fell into it really. It wasn't really something that I sort of dreamt of doing when I was a young age or or anything. So, yeah, I'm really, really lucky that it kind of found me rather than me finding it. And I love it. So, yeah, no, I'm very lucky. So what is like the education process that you had to go through to become an osteopath? Oh, God, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. I've got um, a couple of best friends that I studied with, and we still say we get sort of shivers every time we think about it. Um, but you have to do, so you have to have A levels or equivalent. Um, so there's a few different sort of paths you can get into. So it's the the course I did after GCSE is sort of counted as A levels as a UCAS point. Um, and then it's a four year sort of full time degree. Um, on human, so you don't even start the, the equine yeah. side of it until you've done the four years. And then after the four years, there's then various different sort of equine paths you can take, um, either more sort of concentrated study or work while you study. Um, I did a lot of shadowing of people just to sort of get experience and, and kind of see how different people work. Um, but yeah, it's a long long process. So I think I started in 2011. Um, yeah, and then I 
been doing it nine years and you still feel like you've got so much to learn, which actually is what I love about it. You can just carry on learning and improving and finding out new things. And yeah, I know it's brilliant, but it is it is hard work. Yeah. So when you are doing your work, what is it that you like do and like that you focus on to help riders and then help the horses as well? not really so much one thing I suppose you focus on. The whole sort of basis of it is looking at everything. So if someone says, for example, a person, I've got back pain, you yeah. might look and go, okay, well, I can see sort of the tissues and muscles in your back are tight and you're moving quite as you should, but why have you got the back pain? Yeah. So you'll sort of look further afield and it might be that you find they've got a very flat arch on one foot or one leg longer than the other or something like that. So you're always sort of, I suppose, looking for the less obvious yeah. um, and looking sort of outside the box and, and things like that. So, yeah, no no one's really the same. So every day is different and it, it's a bit like sort of putting a puzzle together. And, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. So what does a typical day look like for you? Well, it, it varies really. I've got five horses, oh, wow. um, as well as as well as working. So yeah, it's um, it's full on. It depends on the day really. I've got some days where I won't ride, and I'll literally work from eight in the morning to eight in the evening, seeing seeing people. Some days I'll see just twenty people or so, um, and I'll do I just go and do the horses and muck out before. Um, but other days, the nice days, I say the nice days, the nicer days, <laughs> I might be able to ride in the morning and then I'll go and treat horses or people in the afternoon. Um, so it's really, it is really, really variable actually, um, which is actually one of the great things about it is that I can ride, ride an event around the job, but equally it, it's filling everyone in and there's mm-hmm. a lot of evening and sometimes I'm treating people at sort of half seven in the morning and So I guess um, with your job, it works quite well sitting around with your horses, so you find it like it you can like fit it around the equine lifestyle as well. Yeah, and exactly that was sort of my I suppose immature maybe way of thinking about it when I was sort of twenty and I got into it. I thought, oh well, I really want to ride, and I'll have time to ride if I do this job, and yeah, which. Which, which, to be honest, is part of the sort of draw to it was a bit of freedom. Um, but it, it is like with any self-employed job, the more the more money I work, the more I earn. Yeah. So sometimes it's quite easy to end up just work, 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 and not having enough time to ride my horses. And so it is finding the balance. But I mean, yeah, I'm so lucky. I've got a friend that, that works up in London, and she'll be riding horses at like seven o'clock in the evening and things and which doesn't sound very appealing to me so it, it does work well but equally it is it is finding the balance and being sort of strict when someone goes oh can you come and treat my horse i'm desperate and me going oh well i've already got four horses of my own you have to ride so it's kind of it's difficult to balance yeah because you're actually a five-star rent spider aren't you yeah yeah, I did, um, I did badminton oh, wow. in the middle of my final exam. 
Wow. It was, oh, it was awful. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing, but awful. I think I had exams Thursday before Minton, and then I had to hand in coursework, like, the Monday after, and it was just, <laughs> to be honest, like, it was incredible, yeah. but I think I was so stressed, I don't really remember it. Yeah. It, it's weird. It was, um, I've got, like, a few sort of, like, sort of memories in my head about it but it seemed a bit of a blur and it was just yeah yeah and then I did Poe three years ago which which was a bit more relaxed yeah. less stressful a bit more time to focus to focus on the horses and, and things so So have you found with your job that you're still able to like go out and event and that you can still compete at the high levels that you like to? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think obviously I've probably got one or two more horses than I could do, so I kind of I don't make life easy for myself. Yeah, I know. That's um, but certainly, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Um, I'm quite strict, but at the weekend. I don't really work yeah. unless there's a sort of really emergency or someone's desperate or or something. So I do try and keep the weekend very much sort of free. Um, and again, it's kind of it is like I said before, it's trying to find the balance. I think if I only had a couple of horses, it would be incredible, and I'd have enough time to do them properly. But the four, yeah, I, I'm working on balance. I'm trying to, but. Certainly, compared to some other jobs, I think I'm lucky that I can have four horses and yeah. somehow work full time. Um, yeah, and, and it can be as flexible as I want it to be. Um, yeah, I could easily work six in the morning and and do that if I wanted to, or I could work until ten at night, having not started until sort of two o'clock. So I think that's one of the the real sort of positives about the job. Do you find with your job, like when you're riding, because you do the equine side of the osteopathy as well, do you feel like you can feel when something's out of place, like just from riding with your horse or something? So do you mean like I can feel that I'm not quite right or if the horse isn't quite right? A, a bit of both, really. Yeah, um, recently I've got really obsessed with <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, yeah, I broke my leg three years ago um and yeah like so much sort of so many imbalances and things with me and my horses like I know all my horses are weaker on the left brain they're a bit heavier on the left hand and I know it's not horses I know it's me um so yeah there are a few things that I do I do pick up on but then I think sometimes I get a little bit obsessive about and I think oh is there something wrong like, yeah. never thought you're just being silly or the horse is young and it's weak and it just needs to build up a bit of muscle. And, but it is really helpful. But I do find myself sort of, <laughs> the worst thing I do find myself doing is sort of looking at people sort of they're walking down the street or in the supermarket and going, oh, you've got a bad back or, oh, I need know what I would do to you if you came in. And, and the same to horses, like in the warm-up arena and things. Like, you never really stop. It kind of, I suppose it kind of, consumed you almost yeah. like you just naturally see things and feel things and it, they just kind of pop into your head without without thinking so can you actually see like a problem before you've like touched anybody or anything yeah yeah really? yeah 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 definitely yeah 
people and horses before even putting your hands on them, and even before seeing the move, you can you can see what's right and what's wrong, and and you can see the quality of tissues and like colour and and things like that. So I think a lot of that, obviously, the more experience you get, yeah. the the easier you find that and everything. So probably when I first graduated, no, but now sort of five six years down the line, yeah, definitely, definitely doesn't take too long to work out what's going on yeah. what do you find is one of the common things that you see with both horse and ride like injuries and stuff um it kind of goes through phases sometimes i'll see loads of one thing sometimes yeah. i'll see a lot of another thing um i think probably both actually and a lot with horses is not so much an injury but often just weak they're yeah. weak and even if they're older horses like they're weak get weak cores and they haven't can't quite sort of carry themselves correctly yeah. and sometimes that's because the riders themselves is weak or or sort of lack of understanding how to how to sort of work with properly and things so i think that's definitely at the moment the sort of main thing that i've been seeing and whether or not it's possibly because of lockdown yeah. and people have given their horses time off and then sort of brought them back maybe a little bit too quickly yeah um and not done quite enough sort of work sort of hacking and, and sort of build up work and just try to sort of pick up from where they've left off um but yeah that's definitely the sort of thing thing at the moment that i'm seeing so what is one of the highs of your job Oh, <laughs> I suppose, uh, well, the best thing is I've got, had a, had a couple of people actually today text me and go, oh my God, I can't believe, like, my horse is like this, and so much better, like, I've recommended you to loads of people, and, and the same, like, with themselves, like, oh, I'm pain-free, I can walk, and, and I came in and I couldn't move, so I suppose, I suppose people's appreciation, that's, like, a big, a big high, um, yeah, because I do, I do work very, very hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hearing people appreciate it is a huge, a huge thing. Um, so I suppose that's the biggest sort of high, really. Um, I suppose highs, pros, pros is also obviously the the flexibility and the sort of freedom of it. Um, yeah. Now we're going to go the other end of the spectrum. What's one of your lows that you find about <laughs> the job? I don't know. This was what this was a question that I thought was going to come up, and I think that you sort of briefly said about. And yeah. I wouldn't say the job as such. There's there's a low. Mm. I would say probably any self-employed person would say like I think I touched on it earlier. Like the more you work, the more you earn. Yeah. The less you work, the less you earn. So I think it's quite easy, and I speak from experience, <laughs> a lot of experience, to just work, 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 yeah. and then just burn yourself out. Um, and I don't think that's that's not the job. I think that's that's anyone, well, not necessarily just self-employed people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've certainly experienced. And I suppose the other low is... Well, I suppose when you give people advice and make suggestions and and you really I oh, I'm definitely very passionate about this and get kind of quite obsessive like 
really keen to help people improve and improve their performances and things and you you make suggestions and you think someone's sort of with you and on the same page and then you go back a month later and go oh have you done this they're like no no and they're sort of saying oh the horse hasn't improved and you think you haven't done anything that I told you to do or the exercises or so yeah so that's again I would really call it a low one of the frustrations I think of the of the job so for like when you go to treat a horse, do you look at the owner as well, like if they're causing some like weakness on either side, or do you just focus on the horse when you're there? It depends what the people want really. I do do a lot of sort of horse and rider combinations, which yeah. is the best really, because a lot of people exaggerate the horse's problems, a lot of horses then cause problems to the riders. Um, quite often what happens is that someone, the rider will come in and see me and then they go, oh, you know what, it'd be great if you treated my horse or someone will want me to go and see their horse and then I'll then start treating them. Um, So it's not always straight away I treat the both of them, but sort of chatting through things and do a sort of case history and get a bit of background information. um, Quite often I'll go, oh, well, you know what, it might actually be, be you that's causing the problem because you've had this and you've broken your leg or, yeah. or something like that and it's causing a weakness and so yeah it's a sort of sort of mixture really what would you say to someone that wants to go into osteopathy and like how they would get started like maybe work experience or something be prepared for hard work <laughs> the, um, the course is um it's full on definitely full on um yeah a bit of a love-hate relationship my um, four-year degree I think um so that's definitely something it's not uh it's not your typical university experience when you're you're going to be sort of out partying and not maybe not going to every lecture and it's like being at school basically um so that's something I just say be be aware of um would 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 never stop me from doing it but yeah that's something to think about and work experience I think the best thing to do is most people, particularly with the horses, it's a little bit different with people because so you're seeing people and they're in their underwear, they feel yeah. a bit vulnerable, they don't always want someone in watching. Um, but with the horse side of things, I think you just contact as many people as you can. Um, I, I certainly, I know I'd be willing to have people do work experience with me. Um, and I don't know anyone that I think would say, say they wouldn't be. Um, and yeah, and there's loads of things now, so lucky, like social media and YouTube yeah. and things like that, that you can get quite lots of background information and just talk to as many people as you can. And not even just osteopaths, chiropractors, physios, um, we all sort of cross over. Um, so yeah, that'd be a big thing. I think just go and, go and shadow people and get a bit of experience. What is one bit of advice that you'd just like to tell, like any question or anybody that has like muscle or joint pain that needs help? Oh, one bit of advice. I think, I think strengthening work is very much overlooked. I yeah. think it's coming to the fore now. Um, so I think. I'm all for stretching and sort of flexibility work, but I think definitely get stronger. Um, I've seen a lot of people with sort of back pain, knee pain, hip pain, 
you name it, and they're just so, so weak, and you just give them a few exercises to build up the muscles, and within sort of a month or so, they're so much better. And I think the other thing is, it's a bit controversial that I get a lot of people going, oh, I don't want to take painkillers, or I don't want to take ibuprofen. But I think that's the other thing is, is don't be afraid to sort of help your body. Yeah. So that ibuprofen is anti-inflammatory. It's physically gonna help, help the sort of healing process and make you more comfortable. So so don't be afraid of that either. Um, I mean, advice I could go on forever. <laughs> I don't want to hear everything, but but yeah, those are a good opportunity. Um, it's quite a good point to make actually. Is I think a lot of people go into they're like veterinary physiotherapy therapists which are brilliant but they only treat horses yeah whereas i think the brilliant thing about osteopathy is you're not legally allowed to call yourself a practice as an osteopath if you haven't done the human course first oh, wow, really? so anyone that calls themselves an osteopath that's not registered with the general osteopathic council is illegal basically yeah um and there are a few equine osteopaths that kind of naughtily call themselves osteopaths um, and they're not. But I think the best thing is about osteopathy is you've got both. And I have days where I'm literally like, I don't want to see a horse. Like, I've ridden four horses, they've all gone badly. Yeah. And then I go into the clinic and I talk to someone about, I don't know, banking in London or something, <laughs> or I know, something completely but as far away from horses as you can possibly think. And it's just quite nice having... Being able to treat, I say, normal people, non-horsey people, yeah. also being able to treat riders and horses, it's just so sort of diverse, yeah. I think. And yeah, and I, I never get bored. I have days when I'm like, oh my god, I'm exhausted. Like, and I see like I've got this huge list of people, but like the job, I never ever ever dislike the job. Yeah, I just dislike what I do to myself. <laughs> I I take you on too much. Um, so yeah, no, I I do love it. I'm lucky. I see a lot of people that that don't like their jobs and yeah. aren't happy and do what I enjoy and, and yeah. things. So I I do recommend it. Just just be aware of the the degree being yeah. quite um mentally draining. <laughs> so what I like to do at the end of every podcast, I do a quick fire questions round for all the questions. Oh, okay. So, um, do you prefer matchy matchy or are you a mismatch person? I prefer matchy matchy, but I'm too disorganised, so I'm mismatch. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer dressage or show jumping? Show jumping. Like traditional or hogged? Traditional. Do you like plaiting or pulling? Don't know how to put in there, but... Pulling. Okay. Yeah, pulling. Great. So, where can everybody find you? Uh, this is why I have to understand. Remember all my things. I'm on Facebook as Carnegie Osteopathy and Pilates. And then Instagram, I've got a work page which is Carnegie Osteopathy, which is all sort of um more sort of sciencey yeah. like exercise things. 
Um, I don't tend to put so much up about my own horses. And then I've got a sort of personal fresh eventing page, which is Rose underscore Cunning, I think. I'll link them all. Yeah, I think that's it. I'll link them all. Oh, somewhere. and I've got a website as well. But everything's pretty much Cunning, obviously. Yeah. Um, I noticed you mentioned about the Pilates. Are you like an instructor or do you use it as like a strengthening exercise? Yeah, so I, like I touched on before, like I think the strengthening stuff's really important. And there's a bit of a sort of, I don't know so much now, like I think a lot of people think Pilates is just a sort of like gentle exercise, kind of move your legs here and there. But actually there's quite a sort of, um, it, depending on how you teach it and how you sort of practice it yourself, there's a lot of sort of strengthening work you can do within it, and obviously like conditioning work, working a lot on the core. Um, and I do a lot for a lot of exercises I give my my clients. A lot of them are sort of Pilates exercises or slightly modified Pilates exercises. Um, I have done some teaching like classes and things as well, but it's the time really. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm sort of better focused just on on the osteopathy, but I think Pilates is great. If there's any good Pilates teachers down in Kent, let me know because I've got a lot of clients that I need to send send your way. I always always talk about it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it is good. It is good. So if you tried it before and haven't gotten with it, just try a different different instructor. I think would be my thing to say. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. That's all right. No, I'm looking forward, I was about to say, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I'm not sure if I want to listen to myself back. I was like, I was like that when I started. I mean, I've certainly found it interesting. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure to screenshot and share and tag me and Rose. We would love to hear your feedback. If you have any um, guest suggestions, just feel free to drop me a message on Instagram at a question underscore Abby. And thank you so much for listening today.